One of the uh, one of the things that uh, your kids need is they need to. Uh, we're we're teaching them that God is their anchor, that they can come back to God, they can come back to uh, church, they can come back to Scripture. But they learn that because they can know that they can come back to you. And so my encouragement to you is that you don't move off center, that you need to be consistent with them on a regular basis. Be consistent uh, all the time and let them know that they can always come home. Always come home. Um, you're, uh, you, you need to be persistent with them. You need to remain active in your child's life and in and, and their and their activity, uh, something is always better than nothing. And, and I mean that, and that's one of these two different direction statements that I'm making. This one is the one that something is better than nothing. And this is referring to the activity of their life. Okay. Then now they're going to be involved in a, so many different things. And those of you with more than two or three are going to be pulled in every which direction. Um, our, uh, our daughter-in-law had, uh, surgery on Thursday morning. And so today, uh, our son has, uh, soccer skills training for our youngest. He's on a travel soccer team. So he's at skills training and the, um, middle, uh, son, uh, grandson and the oldest granddaughter are both at robotics, different uh, uh, planning sessions. Uh, they've just had meets the last couple of weeks. And so, so today, and, and so while mom, mom is on the couch at home, uh, you know, uh, recovering and recuperating. And so he's now pulled in three different directions today by himself. And, uh, um, grandma went up to help on Thursday, but, uh, she was going to be here today. And so, Said, said, I can't help you on Saturday. He said, no, no, I got it. And so y y you learn to juggle and you learn to, to know what you can be a part of and, and, and what you can't. But whatever you do, don't throw in the towel, never give up. Um, and then when it comes to discipline on this, don't move off center, don't be arbitrary. You need to be consistent in the discipline area as well. And, um, and, uh, Janet's the of 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 her siblings and her home. She was the baby, and so her uh, brother and her sister, or brother primarily, said, "You know, she got away with everything because she was the baby. You know, because it was tougher on on them because they were the older ones, kind of a thing." And so I'm I'm encouraging you, hey, be be consistent even on that front. Um, develop a reputation for doing what you say you will do. Um, don't be that, that, uh, mom in the grocery store, uh, when you're on the cereal aisle and they're, they beg for the 53rd time for this and not that, you know, and say, well, if you don't stop, I'm going to, and you put some threat out there, you know, well, after about the third threat, they realize, well, she's not going to do that. She's not going to, she's not going to follow through with that one. So I'm saying, don't say it unless you're willing to do it. And so be, be really, really. And so, so really what it does, it, it helps us to think through what am I willing, what discipline am I willing to dish out here? And, and it makes me think carefully before I just say something, you know, uh, uh, 
off the top of your head and in realizing, oh, no, I'm not, I'm, I can't go down that road. I'm, I, I can't, you know, put them on a boat and, and sh- set it out at sea uh, with, with no sail or anything. So it, it really, it helps. Uh, also, we have a great story, you know, uh, the wise man built his house upon the rock and the foolish built his upon the sand, and we know how that story ends. It doesn't end well. So you need to be that rock. Your home needs to be that rock. And, and, and again, uh, you're not doing that alone. And so, so the, the, the next uh, is, is to, to be responsive to your kids at, at, at all points and letting them know, this is where I am. This is, this, I'm, I'm, I'm steady. I'm standing firm you know, and, and this is, this is home. This is home base kind of an idea. Uh, don't pair it alone. Even if you're a single parent, uh, you're not in this alone. And, uh, and, and if, and if you or others, uh, in our church are single parents, Hey, we pull together. That's what the, that's what the body of Christ does. And that's what we're in this for. So we, uh, we, we have to learn to trust in that regard. And it was an African proverb, not former presidential candidate that said it takes a village to raise that child. So, so uh, keep, keep, keep that in mind. The, the next thing that you're going to do, you're going to be the one who instills confidence, instill confidence. And this starts when they're tiny and builds and continues to build. It's kind of like putting layers of varnish or shellac on, on a piece of furniture. You're going to put another one in another coat and another coat and another coat. This confidence is like coats and you're going to put as many on there as you can get on there. And as soon as one's dry, we're ready for another coat. And so you're always uh, looking for ways in which you can help them, uh, and, and catch them doing something good. When they're little, let them know that's good. Very good. You did well and let them know that. Um, and, and, uh, I'm proud of you. You're growing up in a way that makes me honored to be your parent. When they do something really, really well, you let them know that say it in those kind of words, uh, put it, put in your own words, but say something to that. I'm proud of you. You're growing up in a way that, that honors me and I'm proud to be your parent in that regard. And so, uh, that, that takes us all the way to First Timothy, and this was Paul's words to his, uh, 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 Paul's words to his young Timothy. Uh, Don't let anyone look down on you because you're young, but set an example for the believers in speech and life and love and faith and impurity. You, your kids are going to go to school. They're going to play on a team. They're going to be a part of a club. They're going to be playing out in the street you know, in the neighborhood with their friends and you want them to be the kind of person that's confident enough to, to, to say to each other, Hey, um, we, we, we can do a good thing here or no, we shouldn't do that. That, that wouldn't be the right thing to do and let your child kind of be one who helps lead the way. But this, this encouragement uh, I can't say enough about the encouragement that we see in scripture of in discipleship. It plays right into your, your discipleship of your children. And so you, you be a, a encouragement to them. Um, the next one is listen when they talk. Uh, 
Now, Pastor Vic gave us a great message last Sunday, and, and, and so I'm not talking about when, you, when you're having a conversation here and they come running in and interrupt you. That's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about a conversation you are having with your child, and when you're with them, focus on them and make sure you let them talk first because you're ultimately in charge anyway. Hey, you're going to make the final decision, but make sure you hear them. You want to seek to understand before you seek to be understood. Okay? You want to hear their side of the story. They will have a side of the story. They will have something there that they want to say about a certain thing. And let them say it. You know, um, take a look at uh, this ought to get your attention. I don't care if he is a basketball. We're in love. <laughs> Think through it a minute. You know, little pumpkin girl brings home a basketball. And they're in love. Now, kids are going to eventually work hard to avoid emotional pain, but they're, they're, they're not going to admit it. They're, 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 they're going to do things that are irrational. They're going to do things that you think are absolutely crazy. Hear them out completely. Don't interrupt them. Let them say what all they want to say. And then ask them if they're, fin if they're finished, have they said everything that they need to say? And once you carefully listen to them, you make certain that they carefully listen to you. You are going to get the last word. Don't worry about that. But if we, but if we keep, see, I really, uh, I don't know exactly how you said it, uh, uh, Vic, but, uh, you know, many times we're not even th listening to what somebody says. We're just gearing up for the next thing we're going to say. We know what that, we know what we're about to say. We're getting those thoughts all cleared up and, and we just hear this. We see lips moving over here, but we don't hear a thing that's going on over here. We already have our mind made up. And I'm saying, suspend that for a moment. Make certain. And, 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 and look at that phrase. The reason I get so upset with you is that because... I get upset with you because, and you point that over here. We're going to talk, we'll talk more about that idea there of moving that in just a second. But it, it really becomes a, a key piece in helping them understand that, that you have a point to make here. And we need to make certain that we're talking about behavioral stuff that's happening on the side. We'll, we'll talk about how to direct that in, in just a second. Um, the next thing that you need to do is you need to learn which hills are worth dying on. Okay? Expect conflict over power, authority, and behavior. Okay? The older your children get, the more you're going to experience, the more you're going to have, the more you're going to, they're going to be a part of. And for some of you, you're going to, you're going to think, you know, after two or three or four weeks or a month, you know, it's constant barrage, you know. Uh, when, will, when will he ever listen or when will she ever listen, you know, and, and there's this constant battle that seems to be going on. Um, but if you listen, uh, both 
trust and learn to trust. That trust becomes two-way street. Remember to start when they're small. That's when we talk about, you need to look for those things when they're, you know, toddling and just learning to walk and just learning to talk and just learning to, you know, to get into school and all that. Because by the time they get to middle school and high school, if you haven't got a good pattern set, all bets are off. They're, 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 they're going to be off. It's going to be, you're going to have a tougher uphill battle. Um, don't be afraid to talk about tough issues, especially when they want to talk. If they want to talk about it, I don't care. You know, it may be a, a subject that your mom or dad would have never had with you. Well, listen, they're exposed to stuff that some of us didn't get until well, well, my, maybe my generation never got it. Some of you didn't get it till college or something, but some of your kids are hitting crazy stuff in elementary school. And, and, and it's not just, and, and even, even those, you know, in, in Christian school, uh, there are some people that go to Christian school just because it's private. It's not because they, you know, they're focused on God or God's word. So, so private school d- doesn't mean a whole lot other than that uh, they, they, they feel a little more confident in there. So they're still going to, they're still going to hear stuff on the playground. They're still going to hear stuff uh, on the, in the community when they're with their friends. And so just realize that uh, um, if, if, if the, when those issues come up, make sure you're ready to talk about them as sensitive and tough as it may even be for you. Practice forgiveness. Practice it. And uh, ask for theirs when you mess up. You won't always get it right. You won't. You won't. And so don't be afraid to, to ask, you know, uh, for, for them to forgive you. When you, you know, some kind of outburst and you scream at them or you do, you know, whatever. Make sure you do that. You must set the example and they must see you walk the talk. You're the example. You're the model. They, they're, gonna, they're watching you like a hawk. You may not think it. You may not believe that, but they are. And then some of the issues that parents face. Long hair, shaved head, baggy clothes, tight clothes, midriff showing, colored hair, tattoos, body piercing, alcohol, other drugs, pornography, sex, and everything leading up to it. Bad grades, wrong crowds, sexual orientation, gender issues, clean up your room, TV, R-rated movies, curfew, explicit lyric music, their friends, allowance, jobs, your authority questioned, church attendance, chores, taxi service, dating, video games, STDs, name brand clothes, car insurance premiums, personal hygiene. Are you tired yet? Yes. (laughs) It's overwhelming. It's overwhelming. And everybody understands that. We know that. But here's, I went to, boy, 1 Corinthians 15, is not underlined and marked in your Bible. You know, you better, I'd, I'd highlight it and, and put a little yellow tab out on the edge. Read that on a regular basis. Bad company corrupts good character. It does it every time. It will. Now, can your kids be an influence on somebody who's, you know, different? Yeah, they can. But they've got to be prepared before they get there. And so, 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 so keep, keep in mind, um, 
that it, it really, really becomes a, a key piece uh, to, uh, to who they are and what they are. Um, reward good behavior. Uh, no, no, but the one before that. Always consider the alternative. Could it be worse? And where do I draw the line? Okay. Um, Janet and I uh, together privately breathed a big sigh of relief when our son came home and one of his, it was about four buddies in his neighborhood that he was, they're all in the same grade. They were in class together at school. They, they ran together. And, uh, and, but this one right down the street, he was the first one to have colored hair. And when our son came home and said, oh my gosh, you should see Mark's hair. I, I can't believe he did that. And we're thinking, yes, you know, it wasn't, I want to do that too. You know, it was, he was, he was questioning it. We thought, yes, we're, we're, we're grateful for that. You, you, hey, take those small victories, you know, take it and encourage and continue to encourage. Um, look at the one reward, good behavior and make certain that it is for behavior and not for your love or intimacy. And that, that clearly understand that one is conditional and one is unconditional. Make sure you separate those two. And don't you, don't you ever, don't you ever uh, uh, reward them uh, for uh, uh, something that falls it, it doesn't fit that, that uh, equation. Let me uh, 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 give, you, uh, give you an idea. Um, well, one more point. Help them understand that you're leading them towards without actually saying it. You, you want to you encourage, you want to nudge them in a certain direction, but sometimes you don't want to come right out and say, hey, you know, um, uh, we, we don't want to go down the hair, colored hair route. And uh, I think uh, that little friend was also the first uh, body piercings by the time he got to high school and, and tattoos. And, and, and again, at that stage in his life, those were not going to be options that our son wanted to go uh, down those roads. And, and, but I mean, you know, we live in a different world now. We live in a, a different uh, uh, generation than even what my son grew up in. And, and so just, just keep in mind that, Hey, uh, he has tattoo now. So I, I want to make sure that I, I don't paint, uh, us as, as, a uh, a certain stripe. And, uh, uh, mom still cringed a bit when she saw it, but it's, 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 it's low key and it's, a uh, it's okay. It's good. Um, but here's, here's, where, here's where I want to show you another um, drawing, okay? Parent-child triangle, okay? And so on one corner, you have the parent, and on one corner, you have the child, and on one corner, you have the behavior. And so uh, I'll pick on Pastor Vic for a moment, and I'll treat him like he's my son and say, Vic, I can't believe you were so that stupid to do that. Uh, you know, with all those guys. That is the craziest thing I've ever heard. Were you out of your mind? What is wrong with you? What were you thinking? That was absolutely stupid. Okay. Now, or, or, Vic, you are my son. I love you. I care for you. This behavior will not be tolerated. 
we're, we're not going to go there. And so you've got to learn how to separate the, the child from the behavior instead of attacking them for what they did. Pull the behavior out. The behavior, we're not, we're not standing for that. We're not going to tolerate it. It's got to stop. But you still have a son or a daughter over here that you love and you care for. They're still a part of your family. You love them and make certain. And again, again, this will be conditional. If we do it right, you're going you're gonna to get a thumbs up from me. If that stops, good job, well done. This is well done regardless. This is unconditional. I love you. I care for you. You're my child unconditionally. So, 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 so keep that uh, in mind. Also, one other thing I want to add here is that you need to have the talk before the talk. Okay. And before your teenage son is in, um, uh, uh, 16, 17, 18, he's out with his friends and before one of them pops the trunk and finds the cooler with the beer on ice and they're ready to party, you need to already have crossed that road before they get to the crossroads with your kids. You need to have the determination, what do we do when we get there? How are you going to handle that? What are you going to do? Um, and, and, and again, whatever this happens to be, this story, it was just, it was a, it was a car with a, uh, a, a cooler, a beer in the back with some underage guys out and they were driving and drinking and partying. Okay. So we're going to have that conversation before he ever gets in the car. And so uh, uh, that, uh, what kind of scenarios do you have that you need to play to? That's, that's what you've got to work through and you've got to make certain that, uh, the, that, that, that works. Um, you will have rules. You will have, you know, this is how we're going to do it. Um, look at those three R's. Rules without relationship leads to rebellion. Rules without relationship. And so uh, from right now, uh, from the earliest days, you bring them home from the hospital and they're growing, and they're becoming a little person, all of that, you are, you are developing that relationship that is ongoing all the time. You never let up. That is your, you have to be relentless in the relationship you build with your kids. And then you learn to say yes to your kids, especially when they're little, as much as possible to support that occasional no. But if no is all you have in your vocabulary, sorry, pay me now, pay me later. You're going to pay for that. You can't, you can't go down that road. You've got to, you've got to be looking at uh, those other things. And as I mentioned earlier, um, you won't always be right. So make sure you're willing to admit when you are and when you've messed up. Um, and uh, it, it, it becomes an important piece for uh, for them to learn because they're going to learn how to ask for forgiveness and to forgive others through you. You, you are the conduit to where they learn that we're going to, we got, we got stories in here. We've got lessons in here. We pray the Holy Spirit's involved in this whole equation. 
but you are the one they have their physical eyes on and they're watching you each day, okay? Um, the next one is respond instead of react. Respond instead of react and careful, carefully consider your response to avoid overreaction because uh, typically overreact is where we, where we get in trouble. Um, and out, our outward reactions are normally in, in, uh, due to our internal motivation. There's something going on in here. Typically when, when we explode on them, it's not over that. That's, that, that was what tipped us over the edge. That's what pushed us to the brink. But it typically is that plus that and that and that and that and that and that. And we've, and we've let these things accumulate. When it comes up, deal with it. And it's small. It's, 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 it's insignificant in everybody's mind. But if we overreact, then we, we get this loud explosion. Um, you normally react to your kids on the basis of your need. And the only two words I have for you there is stop it. Stop it. Don't do it because of your need. Do it because of theirs. You're focusing on their need. And so help them in that regard. And let me say this. Your anger does not or will not change the pot child's behavior. It won't. It's not going to change it at all. Um, Ephesians. Ephesians 4. 26 says, in your anger, do not sin. King James, the way I learned it as a kid, King James, be angry and sin not. Now, let me tell you my personal experience with that. Typically, be angry and whatever happens next more times than not in my life has been sin. A thought, a word, a deed, something that whatever comes after, be angry. See, anger is as real an emotion as anything else you have in life. And, and, and the Bible does not teach us, hey, hey, what's that anger? That's, that's bad mojo. Don't, don't, you know, nobody can be angry. No, it doesn't say it. But it says, it says you're going to be angry. You are. Last week, go back and re-listen to last week's sermon. It, it dealt with that in, in an important way. Be angry, but sin not, because whatever comes out of our mouth next, whatever comes a thought pops into our head that plants a seed that starts to grow and gets a root, and we go crazy down the road. Uh, Psalm 4-4. Psalms 4-4. Uh, in your anger, do not sin. In your anger, you're going to get angry. Don't sin. And you say, well, how do I do that? Well, you've got to, re uh, let, let's, let's talk about where it came from. Um, Luke 6.45. Luke 6.45. The good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. And the evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For out of the overflow of his heart, his mouth speaks. You want to know why sin comes out when you get angry? It's because that's what you put in there. 
What did David say? I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you or you. No, no, no. David, David is really clear to teach us that when you and I get into it and we sin against each other, we are sinning against God. We are breaking his law. We're breaking his command. We're doing what's wrong in his sight. And we're just taking it out on each other. And so, so why, why, do we, why do we study this? Why do we gather together to worship and unite our hearts? And why do we try to put some good stuff in here? So that when, because we are going to get, as Elvis used to say, all shook up. And when we get shook up, oh, wow, no telling what's going to come out. And so I'm saying, hey, get ahead of the game and put, the, put some stuff in here. Ask, ask God, say, God, I need you to help me clean this other stuff out. And I want you to, we're going to replace it with this you know, and, uh, and it, you know, because you may be why do I need to read my Bible every day? Why do I need to pray every day? Why do I need to, you know, uh, come to church on a regular basis? Why do I need to do all those things? Well, we're, we're building up, we're building up and putting the right things in here because we live in a world that is shaking us to the bone. And we're going to have to, uh, at some point, we're going to have to get a handle on that. And so, um, uh, I'm encourage you to maintain your composure in front of your kids. You can be churning on the inside. Hey, we all do. We've all been there. We're churning on the inside. We're 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 about to explode on the inside. Just you know, take that deep breath. And, 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 and that's where our mind has to come back to scripture. It has to come back to God's word. It has to come back to something that uh, a word, it may be a song that uh, Benjamin has taught us. It may be uh, whatever it happens to be, but we've got to do something to say, okay, listen, we'll, we'll, t- we'll take it down a notch and I'm going to maintain that composure and also maintain your sense of humor because sometimes you know, it's, it's, it's really going to be, um, if we could, if we could remove ourselves from it and look back many times we say, I can't believe I got upset over that. And, uh, not, 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 that's not saying everything is going to be something you overlook or you laugh at, or you, or you, uh, can, can get over. No, there's some, there are some hills worth dying on. Let me, let me, let me, let me, let me say that we've already talked about those hills, but there are some that are, but uh, you're going to have to, uh, hold your, hold the line until you get there. Uh, and then the last one here, look at that. Couples may want to help referee each other, but not publicly in front of the children. That means, that means mom and dad, if there's a two, if it's a two parent family, you have that conversation back there behind closed doors. So, because when you come out here with the kids, you have a, you're presenting a united front. Now, seldom is it mom and dad engaging in the battle that's going on 
with the child. Seldom is it both of you at the same time. It's usually mom or dad. One of the two is typically going at it. That means, hey, the other one, you're the, you're the referee in here. You're, you're, you're helping to keep everything straight, keep every, you know, keep the, you know, you don't want to get them when you're going blow by blow. You don't want them to get caught in, a, you know, no illegal punches and, and keep, keep everything fair. You know, I, I use that analogy, but just remember that uh, uh, we've got to, we've got to, you know, continue to give that united front. Now, if you're parenting alone, you have to play both parts at the, uh, together at the same time. You have to be reminding yourself, you know, and, 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 and parenting alone can mean lots of different things. It can mean literally, you know, one parent uh, and the parent of the children like I grew up. But it can also mean you're married and it's unequally yoked and you get no help from your spouse, okay? If that's, if that's going on, then c- classify it as uh, I'm, I'm parenting alone. Now, as much as you can get the other spouse on, on your team, encourage that. Hope for that. Pray for that. Uh, continue there. But sometimes you're, you're working a, a, a battle that now you're, you've got a battle on two fronts at the same time. And that's not, that's not a fun way. Uh, you, you military folks understand that uh, you've you got to have a comeback with a different strategy when you get attacked from two fronts. And so uh, keep, keep, that, keep that in mind and, and keep working on that. Um, the next one is don't exasperate your kids. Um, we've already read that verse from Ephesians 6.4. Fathers, don't exasperate or provoke. And so take a look at this list. You exasperate your kids by not letting them be what they are, children, by treating them with harshness and cruelty, by ridiculing them in front of others, especially their peers, by portraying favoritism. Well, because if you've got more than one, be careful, you know. If you got one that always gets off and 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 maybe the your your model child that never gets in trouble you know and maybe maybe you need to go looking and 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 find something you know just to balance the equation if you've got one that's in trouble all the time and one that's never in trouble but i'm not i'm not I, i'm not saying go get on to them for nothing but you you understand that 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 favoritism thing comes out pretty clear that we know who always gets in trouble we know who always instigates. We know, and so I'm just saying that one. We may need some different attention to help uh, in, in that regard because because it it really becomes a a key piece and it plays into the relationship they have with each other when you're not around. So uh, be careful on that front. Failing to express and appreciate even the small accomplishments. That's why I say if if it's an accomplishment. We celebrate it. I don't care how big or how little it happens to be. Um, arbitrarily exercising discipline. Nothing is better than sometimes. Okay? Nothing, no discipline ever is better than sometimes. Sometimes they don't know when it's coming. That's not fair. You're not playing the game right, parent. 
if that's, the, if that's the way it's happening. And so I'm saying you've got to be consistent. That's when we come back to that consistent, persistent, make sure that everything is still uh, working. But we're now, we're not talking about, you know, sometimes as much as you can be in part of their activity life. Now we're saying from a discipline standpoint, you must be consistent and steady and, and as steady as she goes kind of a thing. Um, we exasperate by neglecting and treating them uh, as an intrusion. Are they bothering you? You know, uh, you're trying to, you, uh, some of you uh, who might bring work home and you got to get this done before tomorrow morning, you know, I'd say stay at the office. Uh, maybe not. There's no easy answer on that one, but uh, if if your kids feel like you know I'm the intrusion in this story, uh, they'll uh, that that that'll be a difficult one for them to overcome. Um, we exasperate them by uh, making them achieve our goals. Um, if you're, any of your kids are playing little league sports, you got some parents out there somewhere. Because uh, I know you've been at a ball game and you've seen them, and they they may not have ever achieved to the level they think, but but maybe my kid can, and so I'm 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 just going berserk and and going crazy uh, and 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 acting the fool out there, and I'm saying, you know, you need to you need to be the right model for yours. You can't can't do anything about the crazy guy over there. But, but, but remember that there are some parents that are uh, achieving their life goals th- through their children. And uh, uh, I remember a, uh, a survey, uh, my son's now, how old is he, 34, 5, 6? Oh, 40, okay. Well, hey, how quickly time flies. 40. When he was when he was uh, uh, playing soccer as a kid, they did a uh, and, and probably one of the national kid soccer organizations did a uh, um, survey among kids playing soccer, and the top two things that these kids voted on was we want to play without keeping score, and we want to play without our parents being there. That's the two things that came on the top of the list. Because I think kids are, our kids are really intimidated when, you know, we got somebody driving, driving them from the sideline that's not the coach. And, uh, and, and sometimes they are the coaches. And so sometimes we coach our kids and, and push them the wrong way. Um, uh, when, uh, one, one more comment about that. Uh, and I, because I, I, uh, I was, uh, I was teaching ninth grade Sunday school when we lived in Richmond, taught, taught ninth graders for 14 years out of our 15 years uh, when we were at First Baptist in Richmond. And, uh, and I also coached my son, not all, he played 25 seasons, about 12 years worth and some of it was fall and spring, and in some time there were about four seasons of indoor that they played. Um, so I coached maybe half of the time, not all the time, but half of those t- years. 
And so I told him, uh, first of all, on Sunday school front, when, I mean, I started teaching Sunday school ninth graders when he was four years old, five years old. I didn't, I didn't think he'd become a ninth grader ever. And all of a sudden he grew up and he's about to become a ninth grader. So I went to our, our youth pastor and said, Hey, if I need to step out of teaching ninth graders next year, when Aaron gets here, I will. And, and they said, well, just ask him and see what you guys talk about and y'all make a decision. And I went to him and said, you know, you, you, you make the call. I'll step out for a year if you want me to and let somebody else teach so that you're not teaching your, your dad's not there. The one in the class, you know, one way or the other. Now, hold that part of the story and let me go over to the soccer. Um, when I started coaching him in soccer, I told him this. I says, now, when we get to the soccer field, I'm not your dad. I'm not going to be your dad. I'm going to be your coach. And so I'm not going to be, I'm, I'm going to do my best. I said, this is my commitment to you. I'm going to do my best. I'm not going to be harder or, or easier on you because you're my son. Okay. So that, that first year, uh, we were playing a tournament at the end of the year of Virginia Beach. And so, I mean, we'd come to practice and we'd come to games, but never, what, what I'm about to describe had never happened. And so when we got to that tournament at the end of the season, played a full season, and we pull up, two cars pull up side by side, we get out and one of our players and his family gets out right next door. And as the, their player and my son walk, going, walking toward the field, uh, I heard the other kids say, is that your dad? I mean, we'd gone a whole season. He didn't know I was the father, Aaron's father, because I told him, I said, I'm not going to treat you that way when, on, the, on the field. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call you Aaron, and we're going to, you know, and I will try to be as fair and the same with you, and I'm going to yell at you just like I'll yell at them, or I'll encourage you just like I encourage them. And so I'm, I'm just saying be, be, be careful in that regard. Uh, we exasperate by overprotecting, and we exasperate by withdrawing our love, and we've got to be careful in, all the, in both of those. Um, the next one is patience, and um, uh, you have no choice but to be patient. You don't have a choice, because impatience will be your downfall. That will be your downfall. So, so be really careful in that regard. Um, think about that word patience for a moment. What's the first part of the definition in 1 Corinthians 13? Love is patient. Love is patient. Um, I want you to do this. Uh, I want you to go back and read the entire 1 Corinthians 13 love passage sometime and think of, think of a middle school uh, love crush that a boy or a girl has on one of their classmates and see if that passage makes sense. It doesn't. Love is not patient. It's seldom kind. It's not, and you just go down the list and, and you'll laugh. You'll, you'll chuckle when you read what, what the world is calling love and what scripture gives you as, as it's uh, understanding its definition. Um, patience is also one of the fruit of the spirit. And so part of your prayer is to ask God to nurture that fruit in your life. I think that, that uh, um, as far as spiritual gifts are concerned, nobody has them all. Nobody has them all. 
But fruit of the Spirit, hey, you've got a full set, you know? And uh, uh, fruit of the Spirit is a good, uh, um, maybe a self, uh, self-test that you take. How am I doing? And just go down the fruit of the Spirit list and say, how am I doing? Especially in light of, of my kids. And so before we take a, another break, I want to show you these next four slides. And these are uh, four snapshots of life with your children. When you hear your kids wake up in the morning, so it begins. Another day. Another day. And, and, and this is every morning. Is it not? Is it not? And then, um, how do I put this? You will never sleep in again? Well, it's not never, but it seems like never, doesn't it? Doesn't it seem like this is going to go on forever? And some of you, uh, um, I met Cana and, and John, and they were telling me they have seven children, and they're all... The oldest one's about to turn nine, seven, in a nine-year period. You guys, how long will it be before you get out of diapers? I don't know. We won't, we won't even go there. We won't even go there, you know. And, and so my guess is that they, they experience this on a regular basis, and some of you do too. That's okay. Here's, uh, here's parenting at 8 a.m. and parenting at 8 p.m. You know, this is how you start your morning. This is how you end your day. And, uh, and uh, anybody ever felt like that? You felt like that? You know, uh, two or three times a week, maybe all week. And then here's parents at the end of a whole week. Uh, and so, so just realize that, hey, uh, when, when we say parenting is not for the faint of heart, it's not. It is not. This is, this, is, this is hard work. This is the heavy lifting of life. And this is, the, this is that heavy lifting that if you do it right, if you do it right, well, the, the, the payoff is incredible. And so go, uh, it is uh, 07, 1107. We'll see you back here at 1115, and we will make the run to finish line uh, very quickly.